We're Motion, a ministry of TWR, and this is our podcast. In our translation team, everyone is Muslim, but they are happy to translate the Bible. They really try to bring across the text as it is without change. At least they don't twist intentionally. They try to get it really accurately across because they see it as a holy text and they see their own responsibility in that. Kelly, today's episode comes with many security concerns. We'll be hearing from Satara. She's sharing the gospel with a people group that we won't be calling by name. This is to ensure anonymity and safety for her so she can continue the work that God has called her to. I'm working on a translation project for a Pakistani minority language. And that includes Bible translation as well as Bible stories. But they are not written. They are published in audio and also audiovisual. That is one of the reasons why we want to do the Share the Story set. In a Western context, we typically think of reading when it comes to the Bible. It might be on a smart device instead of a bound book. But reading is one of the primary ways we access God's Word. Giving this people group access to the good news in written form isn't the end goal for Satara. We are writing things down because we need to have it tested later with different people. But the publications after that are not in print because this is an oral people group. They respond so much better to audio and audio really sticks to their hearts. Whereas written, they would perceive it more as work than as personal. Most people groups are oral. Even I think the youth in our country is becoming more and more oral. So they love just anything that is to listen to. They love anything that is to listen and watch both. And we love it too, don't we? We all start out oral learning, but those patterns are taken away in a literate culture and replaced with new skills. That's Andrew. He serves with Motion as the Adaptation Coordinator. Oral communicators work slowly with repetition. They use stories and poems and chants and dances and rituals. And that helps them. It helps the human brain remember things. Like when you see a rabbi rocking as they recite Torah, that motion actually helps the human brain memorize. And of course, we all remember silly songs that we learned, which is why advertisers use jingles. Roto-Rooter, that's the name that can send your problems down the drain. Because if you can put something to music, if you can make it rhyme, it will stick with you forever, whether you want it to or not. But unfortunately, because we've been so blessed since the printing press with more and more access to the printed word, we just need to realize that we are the teaching disabled in a village where they've never seen a word. And so we are learning from our audience before we teach. We listen before we speak. And that makes us far more effective communicators of the gospel. It was just fun to be contacted by Satara to learn about a people group I had never heard of. And I've been to over 50 countries. It's great to see that there are people working in these little difficult areas 
where there aren't other Christians to work with. We were impressed when Satara shared that she has a group of Muslim producers that do the work and she's careful about what she asks them to do, but they are working with her because they respect what she's doing. She's helping the people group, the language, the literacy, and she's not condemning them or making them feel bad about being Muslims. She's helping them to understand things about the Bible that Muslims are curious about. In our translation team, everyone is Muslim. So there are certain things that I can share with them and other things that I cannot share with them, but they are happy to translate the Bible. They do it for two reasons. One reason is the language preservation. They're very proud of their language and they want to have materials in their language. And the second reason is the people I'm working with are Shiites, but it's a special subgroup from the Shiites. And these are called Ismailis. And knowledge is for them a super high value and education is for them a super high value. And therefore, they are doing this also for knowledge. She's been able to walk that tightrope to be able to work with people who are not of her belief system and yet work through them to get translations done, to get recordings done, to get media produced. That's a, a very difficult relational way to work. I know it happens, but it's interesting to meet somebody who has to go the extra mile because they're not just working with a bunch of Christians that believe in what they're doing. They're, she's working with a bunch of people from the culture that are involved and invested enough in what's going on to learn new things that have value, even if they come from outside of their belief system. They really try to bring across the text as it is without change. They really have learned to uh, get the meaning and they try to do it untwisted. They, at least they don't twist intentionally. They try to get it really accurately across because they see it as a holy text and they see their own responsibility in that. So that is good. They don't try to trick me and they don't try to change. But sometimes it happens that through their own background, they have a pre-understandings that are deeply ingrained. And sometimes then we need to figure out what goes too far. Accuracy is necessary, but so is the ability for our audience to understand what they're watching and hearing. That's why the testing phase of the share the story adaptation process is so important. The testing usually is a group of people that get to meet on a weekly basis or maybe over a four day weekend and they get together, have tea, whatever. And then they sit down and they listen to the story a couple of times. Maybe it'll be a third time before they're asked to give feedback to retell the story individually or as a group. But that retelling back from the audience tells the workers, okay, what's sticking? Or are they blending some other stories or misconceptions about the story into their retelling? And that tells us how decent of a job we did at communicating it in the script. Having all 20 stories tested and then getting some feedback on the set as a whole, because it is one story in 20 episodes, seeing how they pick up the overall arc of God's rescue of humanity, that feedback is, is just super valuable. But it's also a wonderful ministry opportunity over and over again 
the workers say they get to see the Holy Spirit working in people's lives through the good news face to face. And once the animations are dubbed and we've swapped out the soundtrack into the language, you know, it's going to be played on a phone, on a tablet, on a laptop, and the workers aren't going to get to see that happen. Testing is a unique, seems like a difficult, time-consuming, but it's a very rewarding part of the adaptation process. We showed to the translator all the stories that made him watch everything, and he speaks English, he also has learned Arabic, so he can actually listen to the original, how it has been done. And after that, he told me that he had learned a lot and understood the biblical message much, much better than before didn't uh, go into detail what exactly I understood better, but he was really for it and excited about it. And that encourages me because he is not normally a person who is touched and that this seemingly stone heart, which is so consequently Muslim, is touched is really a good thing. As we develop Share the Story, or STS, in this minority language, Satara is testing the scripts with people who speak it. So I've started to test the Share the Story set. We're doing two stories a week at the moment, and each is a Zoom of up to three hours. It's a quite serious commitment, and we're doing it by Zoom because half of them are in Pakistan. They love the videos, including the music, they say it fits well to the stories. So that is from the first four stories that we have tested here. And the illustrations are appropriate to show in their community. It's very suitable for Muslims as the faces of the prophets are not shown. And also God appears as a bright light and not as a figure. So that is what they like. And the animations as such are really beautifully made and in a current testing, Let's see how that plays out when Jesus comes in with that red scarf. So I don't know yet about that one. Other than the fact that Share the Story is specifically made to reach people from a Muslim background, why is it a useful tool for the people group Satara is working with? There is no one working directly with them. Uh, like there is no missionaries in that area because they're no longer allowed to live there. It happened in the past, but no longer now. So we need to increase engagement. There is some Pakistani other people who go there sometimes, but it's very risky for them. And they usually also can't stay and uh, live there and do discipling there. If this is such a closed off area, how did Satara begin her work with this people group in Pakistan? I didn't even have an idea that I would be called into this country. So what led to that first were two dreams from God. The first one was like a computer screen. Uh, and at that point, there were no computers around yet. And when it was written, I am who I am. I was 11 years old and uh, not a believer yet. And God spoke to me through this. It was so powerful. I started to seek for God. So, and then seven years later, I gave my life to Jesus. And at age 34, I got a second dream, very much like that first dream, also computer screen, but go to the country, I will show you. 
So then, of course, I didn't know where to go yet, but I thought when God speaks twice, he can speak three times. So I will wait and I will pray and then we'll see. It was during this time that Satara came across a leaflet looking for a language expert for this minority group in Pakistan. God led me then into a team that worked with that local language and then became part of that team. And then everything was ready for me to go out to Pakistan. And then I was there and uh, had opportunity to learn the local language as well after Urdu. And then it showed that um, God has given me a language gift. After seven years, I was passively kicked out. I couldn't keep my visa extended, so I had to leave. And then I was asking God, what now? I feel my calling to the people is not finished, but I can't get back. I did a research about where else in the world the people sit, and that led me to my current place from where I'm working now. And that also led me to a vision trip there. And on that vision trip, I had one contact only via email address. I met with this lady and I met with her father. And her father turned out to be the leader of the community. I greeted him in his language. And then I learned that I had lived for three years with his relatives and I didn't know that. From that point, I was family for him. After that, he invited me over for the next day. And after the meeting, I went out. God showed me a triple rainbow over a building with daylight written on it and said to me, this is the way to go. So then I knew I had to move there. I started to meet on a weekly basis with the two speakers to whom I'd been introduced. And another few weeks later, the leader came and said to me in a meeting, I have a children's Bible here at my home. Can we get that in our language? Imagine the Muslim leader. I didn't want to say too much yes. I thought I should probably test how he means it, whether he wants to trap me or what else is going on. And then I said to him, I couldn't promise him anything, but he would need to show me the book first. Then three weeks later, he brought it without me reminding him. I open it, I see Watchtower Press. Didn't want to do that because it's Jehovah's Witnesses. Ask the Holy Spirit, what shall I say to him? I don't want to quench this wonderful initiative. I really want to do it, but not that. And then I uh, got the idea, do you know what? You deserve something more authentic. And then I could explain him why that wasn't authentic. And then he said, of course, I want something more authentic. And then he asked me to make him suggestions, which led to a Bible story translation project. So we followed uh, their choice of story set and did that for two years. And after that, I asked our translator, shall we try out Bible translation, the real thing? And he wanted, we asked leader for permission. So then we started project, we got funding and everything. And there we are since 2017 in a project. It wasn't a task she could undertake on her own. Once they asked, I told him there is a procedure to that. It's a holy text. There needs to be special attention that the text is right. 
And of course, he understood that the holy text doesn't need to be changed or should not be changed. So I asked him, we need this, 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 this people. And then he provided all the people, the people to test with, the studio, everything. When it comes to the complicated and intricate process of translating Share the Story into this local language, we've been helped along by previous languages that the series has been produced in. जब इब्रानियों ने मुल्क मिस्र जो कि उनकी गुलामी की जगह थी छोड़ दिया तो वो खुदा के वादे के मुताबिक उस जगह पर रहे दिस पार्ट ऑफ द वर्ल्ड वी ऑलरेडी प्रोड्यूस्ड उर्दू व्हिच इज अ वेरी कॉमन ट्रेड लैंग्वेज इट्स अ लैंग्वेज दैट पीपल आर बायलिंगुअल और ट्राइलिंगुअल इन एंड सो इट इट डज हेल्प इफ यू कैन रीड और हियर द उर्दू वर्जन एंड देन वर्क फ्रॉम दैट एज अपोज टू अ लैंग्वेज दैट यू हैव नेवर एनकाउंटर्ड The first four episodes of Share the Story are Creation, The Fall, Cain and Abel, and Abraham and Hagar. The testing phase involves a lot of discussion about the story. And the most encouraging thing that can happen is to see fruit, to see that God is reaching this people group with the gospel. Every now and then a penny drops. Why they really like a story and engage with it. especially after story 2 some were really touched like with tears in their eyes that's the fall i think they are impressed by one single sin that this has so much an effect from god because they think they can oh it doesn't matter if we sin we do some three four good deeds and it doesn't it's wiped out but this hasn't been wiped out they have uh, been really driven away from paradise their relationship to god has suffered and then what moves them also is that god still cares like god still provides these animal skin clothes which are much more functional than the leaves clothes that they improvised for themselves So I think they understood that seriousness of sin in God's eyes and then how God still cared. It's encouraging to hear that even two episodes in, who God is shines through. But other things aren't always as clear. The questions to the content of the Esther stories was limited so far. We have only tested the first four. I expect more questions to story 6. because that is something what they don't believe in the same way like they think it's Ismail who is uh, the son who goes with Abraham up to the mountain to be sacrificed but in the story it's Isaac so i expect some more things to come up there to story 1 they talked a little bit about what does it mean to be created in god's likeness because that is also something that they do not really believe they say nobody can be like god it's very very different in story 3 they wondered a bit of how can one's blood cry out the blood of abel and in story 4 they thought it was a good thing that abraham got a son through hagar which is not really god's plan so I hope that will be in story 5 a little bit adjusted but story 4 as such does not really adjust that it just presents it and then they interpret it as oh yeah everyone is happy the offspring is there in story 2 there were a little bit lacking background for understanding who would crush the serpent's head 
in the stories for the dubbing, there isn't any space to explain. The slots are so short, and especially as our language tends to be much more wordy, it has been really hard work to fit it into the slots while still being natural. So the length of the stories as animated is three, four minutes usually per episode because we want to respect the audience's time. Two minutes, three minutes, five minutes is really kind of in a sweet spot for being able to share a decent length story, but people will often see the length of time before they click the play button. And if they see that they're gonna have to invest the next 10, 15 minutes in something, they may just scroll on to the next thing. So we keep the video short. And in the original Arabic that was recorded, you know, there's a break between some of the lines. <laughs> The music swells. As the sound effects play. You get to just breathe in the beautiful art. And then the next line is given. And then the story moves on and the dialogue progresses. Some of that is sacrificed because we have languages that are introducing very foreign concepts. And so they have to use more words, more syllables. It fills up more time. And so we just ask them, okay, do your best to emphasize the details that really need to be communicated to your audience, but don't run over too often, or there'll be no breaks between lines. The dialogue will just be stacked up and there'll be no break for the audience's ear. So we're trying to balance the need to include all the important information with can this be a beautiful experience for the person receiving the story? Do they get a break? Do they get to think about it for half a second before they move on? So I know it's a challenge and I know that Satara understands, you know, there's a limitation. So with these videos, it's how much can we include that's really important, but then backing off and saying, well, we just have to trust that the Holy Spirit's going to communicate enough through what we had time for in each episode. Of course, when you do a group discussion as a believer, you know what to correct or what to, and then you can influence. But if there's no Christian around, and if they read it or listen to it and watch it themselves, that might not get corrected. But I think as they get more materials and more stories, it will be corrected in the long run. It's just not immediately corrected. It's there and they've got to that point. But if we are honest as Christians on our baby journey, we also didn't get all the points immediately. We would not have ever thought that who crushes the head. We would not have thought that that would be Jesus either. Once Satara and her team are done with the testing phase and the videos are completed, it's time for distribution. With no one in country, how does that work? For the last 15 years, there have been some best practices that have emerged on social media as missionaries use the internet to reach the lost. And sometimes that gets referred to as something like media to movements. And maybe the best term that's emerged lately is digital discipleship. We're talking about helping do the thing that Jesus told his followers to do 2000 years ago before he went to be with his father and leave us to spread the good news, but just using some new tools in our toolbox. We're using the phones that are already in people's pockets, the radio, the television, whatever it is they're already accessing, but really two-way communication, it's, it's 
the social media, the instant messaging platforms that can help people hear and then be followed up with instantaneously with the good news and with a discipler who's going to answer the questions that they have. We start with Facebook, Instagram will follow next, and then we'll see and adjust. We don't do everything at the same time because it was, would overwhelm us. We rather want to have a bigger team first before we expand. We have a website, which is our language development website, basically, but there's also a space for publishing our translations and our Bible stories. And there we can put the share the story set up. We are running a YouTube channel where we can also put it up. And then there is the evangelistic website. Since we are starting preparing this media into movements thing, where it can be put up. And we also do uh, memory cards for those who can't get internet. And we have uh, local distributors there. I mean, local means then not from that people group, but other Christian distributors there who also try to disciple. So we need to have engagement. And I find that SDS story set very highly engaging through the discussion questions in the end. The oral culture is attracted by stories. We have already done a story set before that. So I was thinking, do we really need a second story set or do we not? But as these are really well done in the videos, um, I think it's a good thing to nevertheless do even if part of the stories are the same as we have done previously. Video is helpful when used properly and not in a way that's distracting to the audience because then you get to use pictures. And an oral learner will say, when you tell me a good story, it's like I see a movie in my mind. And that's really what's going on. They're picturing all these things. But there are people who've never seen a city with walls around it. And so if that's important to the story, we might need to depict that in some way to speed up the process of understanding. And so visuals can be very helpful to kind of help the audience experience something brand new and, and understand concepts that are really part of this wonderful tapestry that is the Word of God, the good news, and the amazing things that God has done throughout history. It's one thing to hear a story from the Bible, ask questions, and engage with it. It's another thing entirely to believe it. One of my questions that I always ask in every story, do you think this story is true? And they all say spontaneously, yes. There's not even a moment of thinking that this might not be true. They're convinced this is true. One of them that I personally am in touch with has made a commitment, but is still a secret believer. He has made a commitment, he's also baptized, but he's still a secret believer. He doesn't reveal it to other people from his language. And I think for a good reason. I think he can, in his current state, he can make more impact than if he would reveal it. There is no known church from that people group yet. Persecution is currently very heavy, and especially if someone from Islam comes to faith, life is at stake. When it comes to persecution, people withstand better if they're part of a group or community. That's why it's important when church planters are thinking about discipleship, they're not thinking in terms of the individual, but how they can share the gospel with a natural group of friends or family. We need to serve the whole community. We'd rather have more Muslims listening and watching in their social networks and come to love Jesus 
and hopefully follow him collectively when they are ready, then a handful of converts who are then expelled from the community and have no chance to win anyone else over. It's always a balance and I'm tending to be on the side, let's work collectively because that's their culture rather than individual and try to save individuals. I mean, we can't save God, does it? And I think that's probably also good because that keeps us humble. <laughs> Otherwise, we would be in danger of becoming too proud or so. We've talked about how the translation team is made up entirely of Muslims. It would be easy to find that challenging, and it is. But that's not Satara's outlook. I find it's highly rewarding. It's an ongoing miracle. It's God-ordained, as we have seen in how it came into being. And it's still there. God is still in that, and he opens all the doors. Sometimes we need to wait a bit until he opens a specific door, but he still does. Prayers for Satara and her team are needed. She asks that we pray for her, the translation team, the team in the studio, and for even more people to join her in the work she's doing. Because all of those things combined lead to the main thing we all pray for. Of course, for people to come to Jesus here, that they can see more fruit. I see some people on the way currently, on their journey, I think we can trust that the story set also will have a long-term effect on where we will never see it. Producing Share the Story in this local language could change a community. As Atara works with a team of Muslims to translate both the Bible and share the story, she's already seen the impact that God's Word can have when people hear it in their own language. If it's in their own language, it's really speaking to their hearts. Like Urdu is, yes, they understand it. English is, yes, they understand it. But in their own language of their heart is still different. One of the people I'm working with, he told me recently, in the first, I didn't understand why you want to do this because we understand all that other stuff. But after I had been exposed more, now understands why because it speaks to his heart. We're Motion, I'm Kelly, and that was our podcast. We're so encouraged by the work God is doing through Satara and her team, and we're grateful to be a part of it. Please be in prayer for all involved as God's word is made available to this people group in Pakistan. To watch episodes of Share the Story, visit twrmotion.org. And if you haven't already, that's where you can sign up for our newsletter, The Inside Scoop. We hope this story encourages you to think about the need for the gospel in every language and to ponder how you can get involved in connecting people with Jesus around the world. No matter how challenging the task might seem, it's worth it.